Hey Wildcats, this is Olive, and this week Michael and I interviewed Miss Holloway, newly Miss Mizuno, the AP Gov teacher, to debrief our recent election and discuss why civic engagement is so important. So our first question is, what do you like the most about your job? I like so many things about my job. Um, teaching's awesome. Teaching is an awesome job. Um, but I think the thing I love the most is getting to know students and um, the privilege of getting to be a part of their story and their journey of learning and uh, just getting to talk about things I really care about, like history and government and uh, hearing interesting questions from students, being able to engage in conversations with them about important things that are happening in the world. Uh, I think it's super fun. Yeah, that is super cool. It is, it is pretty cool. You know, questions like who, who was the first person to, to drink milk from a cow, you know, important I mean, questions. It's the important questions of history. Yes. That this is why I got in the job, Michael. Questions like that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh my goodness. so what about, what about voting? So as we know, a lot of the students, especially in the APUSH and um, AP Gov classes that you teach, shout out to those classes. But uh, a lot of those students in those classes are able to vote because they are 18 and older. So why is it important that as somebody who is old enough to vote, why should you vote? Yeah, what a good question. I, first of all, like if you don't vote and you can vote, you can't complain about the nature of things because you have a chance to voice your opinion. And if you don't do that, uh, things stay the way they are. Uh, so it's incredibly important to exercise your right, not only because it's a right, but it's a privilege, it's something that people around the world, a lot of people around the world don't have. Uh, and people have done incredible things in the past in order to give you that privilege to vote. Uh, and I think to not take advantage of that is, is squandering those efforts and not honoring those efforts. So as a history teacher, that matters a lot to me. Uh, but more importantly, it's it's just your civic duty. We live in a democracy that's predicated on the idea that we have popular sovereignty and that, that the government is made based on the will of the people. And if the will of the people is not exercised, how does the government know how to function? Then it's just the few that, empower, that are in power that actually make all the decisions. So if you want a system in which the people are consulted, um, then you have to exercise that right. So I think it's incredibly important. And it's just a cool like civic privilege that you get to participate in as an 18 year old. I think that's, that's a super cool thing. For sure. But oh, yeah. what about our students who are younger than 18? What can they do? How can they get involved? That's a great question. I feel like it's really come up in recent years more than anything of, I really care about what's going on in the government. How do I get involved? Um, and voting obviously is a great way to do that, but there are many other ways to get involved. Um, first of all, if you want to get directly involved in the government, um, you can write your representatives. Um, I found that writing a physical letter is much more impactful than writing an email, but you can email your representative, either your local representative, your state representative, or your federal representatives. You can email them, you can send them a physical letter, um, you can call their offices. That's, that's something that's also a privilege that you have access to those elected officials, which is kind of cool. Um, there's a lot of other things you can do. You can attend town hall meetings. Uh, they're all virtual now, so they're even easier. So that's a really cool way to have your voice heard too, because you can ask questions and you can participate in those as a citizen or as even just a resident. Uh, I think probably the most important thing though that students can do uh, that's often overlooked is maybe you can't directly influence the government or tell 
the senators or representatives what to do, obviously. But if you have an issue you really care about, I think the best way to get involved is like join an organization that that puts forward that that objective. Uh, volunteer at an organization that that is putting forward something you care about. Um, and I think that's a really practical way to actually make a difference. Sometimes you really can't make a difference at the government level. It's just there's a lot that goes on that's beyond us. But with things that you care about, you you certainly can um, in volunteer organizations and things like that. So yeah. yeah. That's awesome. I'm definitely going to go to a town hall meeting. I feel like I didn't even think of that, but now that I know, I'll be there. Even like the school board meetings. I mean, honestly, for you guys, that's probably even more relevant because things get decided there that maybe you don't know is happening, but impact you directly as students. So yeah, I mean, they're not the most exciting thing in the world, <laughs> but it's, it's something that like, if more people actually participated, the, the people that are elected officials are, are a little more accountable because they know people are paying attention. So just kind of important to do. Yeah, for sure. Especially with like schools opening and closing and sports and all that right now, like that's something that's really directly influ impacting us and we can be a part of that. I guess. Yeah, absolutely. For students who are interested in government and politics and whatever, like where should they be going to get their information? Like where are the best places that they can go? Mm, as far as like news and things like that is what I'm guessing you're yes. talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. We've talked about this a lot in APGov as far as like the problem of, of bias and of fake news that, that exists out there in the internet uh, and just beyond that, I guess. But yeah. So first of all, to be an informed citizen is incredibly difficult, I would say, especially in today's day and age. It's incredibly easy to get all your news from Twitter or like the Apple notifications on your phone. Um, and that's the only place that you get news. Uh, but you gotta keep in mind that if you're doing that, there's, there's a lot of responsibility that goes into, okay, well, am I just trusting what I'm reading off of like a two second clip or off of, um, you know, a couple character lines of, of a, a current event? So to your question, Olive, I think the most important thing that you can do is to get your news from a credible source. So get, get it from an actual news outlet, um, maybe even pay a couple dollars a month to get a, an actual newspaper subscrip subscription, if I can say the word, online, because those tend to be a bit more reliable than like a cable news network, for example. Um, but we've talked about this in class too. I think the best thing that you can do is follow some kind of outlet, like all of you mentioned this to me, and I love it, um, allsides.com, and I follow it on Instagram. So you can follow it on your social media. But it's an organization that basically like takes different news outlets from different sides. So right-leaning, left-leaning, center-leaning, and it'll give you all like different perspectives on that news article or that whatever news of the day. And it's great because then it gives you a more well-rounded perspective without having to do the digging yourself. So that's what I'd recommend. Best thing though you can do is just stop getting your news from Twitter and like stop retweeting people and actually follow the paper trails. What I always tell its students like, if you read something on Twitter, even if it's from an elected official, like you need to follow the paper trail and see if it's actually true. Uh, because we are creating a lot of dangerous situations by just blindly retweeting things and assuming everything we read on social media is true. So, sorry, I'm on my soapbox a little bit, but super important. Yeah. And all of I them. understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. I feel like especially with social media like I know so many students who I, I mean it's great so many people care so much like that's what I'm learning but 
the amount of just random things that get retweeted and reposted and things. And at the very least, like follow like your governor, your mayor, like actual people, not just random, like, mm -hmm. you know, accounts that say randomness. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Um, definitely important to follow credible sources. Um, but even then, like, follow everything up with, yeah. with, I don't know, backing up a simple Google search will solve a lot of problems for you. Like, is this true? And then usually there's 10,000 people who have already fact-checked that for you online. Um, yeah, on that point, this is so random, but I think I told your class this, Olive, that the mayor of Squim, that's where I'm from. Um, so even like credible, you would think credible sources, um, he mm -hmm. recently went a, a lot of trouble for, um, doing an interview and, and like referencing the QAnon conspiracy theory um, as a credible thing. Oh so, my goodness. No, be careful about even elected officials, um, especially in today's day and age, just that you follow everything. Um, and that's, that's why it's so hard to be an informed consumer of media. It's, it's very easy to be duped online. Yes, for sure. For sure. Following as many things as you can, I feel like. And following different perspectives. Like if I've learned anything, it's so easy to get into a rabbit hole. Like it's even me, like I can look at my Instagram and be like, all right, I get a lot of news from one side and I try and like follow other accounts and people who, you know, are from different, have different points of view, but it's, it's very easy, especially with social media to just like, pew, right down a rabbit hole. And the worst part is, is, is it's designed to do that, right? The, the, I've, like everybody keeps saying the, the echo chamber, the echo chamber, but it really is social media is designed to match you with people that are similar, have similar minds to you, right? And so at its, at its root, you are going to be matched with people who think the exact same things as you. And so soon you won't even have differing opinions in your social media feed, which is a problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're totally right, Michael. I mean, especially things like Twitter, right? They're recommending accounts for you to follow that, that are in line with what you ideologically already believe. And that can be a dangerous thing for sure. Yeah, no, totally. It's so like subconscious if you don't think about it, like the next thing you know, you've got, you've gone down some road of craziness, you know? <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> Roads of craziness for sure. Yes, there's a lot of them on social media, not just- Oh boy. A political sense in all senses but <laughs> yeah yes yes but anyways <laughs> moving on from that I could talk for hours about social media and reliable information but that's not the point of this <laughs> um so I feel like especially in AP Gov like as an AP Gov student we have been able to have really productive conversations and talk about things and have you know different perspectives in our class and talk about things from all angles and really be able to you know foster a really healthy and productive conversation and i think a lot of us especially in the world that we're living today when it really feels like the government and politics are really impacting our lives a lot of us want to take that conversation outside of class and continue it. And I think with social media and just with partisanship in general, like it can, those conversations can get really nasty really fast. 
-hmm. How can we continue to have productive conversations where we're still learning and still talking about these things without things going down a bad path? Oh, I feel like this is like the question for the generation. Like how do we <laughs> be nice to each other when everyone hates each other? Like, what, what do we do? Now, it's a really important question, Olive, and I think your generation of students is going to be very important in, in sort of changing the narrative there. Um, yeah, so a couple of things that I've found, because it is really easy to get in a hostile political conversation with someone. Uh, and I think the things that, that you need to, maybe just things to avoid, right? Avoid bringing an agenda to the conversation. Like just having your mind that you're not going to convince somebody that likely you're not going to at all convince anybody. Uh, but if you want to engage in a political conversation, um, go with the intent of seeking understanding. Um, so that's, that's one thing that I would say. I think the big thing with conversations about politics is getting to the heart and the root of why people believe what they believe. So we did that in Gov like a month ago, um, where you guys had to do your political socialization projects. And I think that's important just in a broader sense of when we engage in conversation with other people that disagree with us, what's driving them? What motivates them on a deeper level? What, what makes them liberal or conservative? Because I think it's so easy for us to label the other side as, well, gosh, you are, you are this way um, if you lean left, you're this way if you lean right. And, and oftentimes we miss that there are some core values that people hold that are good um, that get expressed in different ways. And so I think seeking to understand what's behind those things, not just, okay, how do you feel about this policy issue, but like what, what drives you um, as an important part of the conversation. I think the last thing I'll say is listening and asking good questions, or really just only asking questions, <laughs> I found to be really helpful. Um, I don't know about you, but when I have conversation with people, if, if they're just constantly telling me things, I, I have a much, I'm much less likely to agree with that person or to find common ground than if they're just asking me, how do you feel about this? Why do you think that way? Tell me, tell me how you feel about that. And more likely than not, you'll probably find some common ground if you're simply asking questions. And it, and it really just like diffuses the conversation as well because you're seeking to understand instead of seeking to combat a little bit. Anyway, so you, you've asked me a very complicated question of like, we have civil discourse in a period where people are so divided. I, I don't know, but those are some things that I've found really helpful. Um, yeah, and I'm glad you've seen that in Gov. I think your Gov class in particular has been super productive that way. So, yeah. Yeah, it's been really great. I feel like for me, especially, and I just love to talk about these things because this is my jam, you know, but okay. I feel like I am super active politically, my community, and also on social media because that's the world I live in. And I think a lot of those conversations happen there. And a lot of people respond to the stuff I post. And a lot of the times it's negative and people are not agreeing with what I'm saying. And I think that has kind of given me a unique perspective for when I respond to people. And I'm learning and growing every day because sometimes I'll see something and most of the time I don't respond because I don't want to do that because it puts you in a tough situation, I feel like. But sometimes I see things and I'm like, I am either curious about why this person thinks that or like, I'm just pretty sure that this is not true. Like I Googled it and I don't think it's real at all. And, but I always remember when I'm in that situation, how it feels when someone like says something to me, you know, and I always like, I kind of feel a little like, ah, like this is a stressful conversation. And I think 
in general, politics can be stressful. You can feel a little like, uh, like defensive. And I think it's hard to be like, don't be defensive, but like to find a way when we're having these conversations to really just go into it being like, it's okay if this person disagrees with me and maybe I'm not gonna change their mind, but I wanna know why they think what they think, like what she said, like that's that should be our goal, I think. And sometimes I think, especially living in this world that we do as young students, like there's so much like, the internet is so fast paced and it's so easy to swipe people under the current and whatever. And I think we sometimes try and do that to each other where we're like, oh my gosh, this person posted this, like everyone go on, follow them and whatever. And that is not what we should be doing at all, ever, no matter what they say. So yeah, that's what I think. You're totally right, Olive. I think it's very easy on the internet to turn people into um, just clicks or into um, memes or whatever, right? In a, inanimate objects. Michael's laughing at me because I don't know anything. <laughs> internet really like I I really never used Twitter at all so I have no idea what happened <laughs> I do know that like when you're on social media people are not people necessarily they are ideas they are posts whatever so it's so much easier to dismiss people or to villainize people if they are on social media um, and that's why like moving the conversation from social media to in person is so much more important um, because then you see them as a human being and not just like a random internet presence. Um, and it humanizes them, makes you re remember like, oh gosh, well, they're not like, they're like not an evil force that's out to get me. Like they're another person that has different views. Uh, and maybe if I ask them some questions, things will come up that, that will help me understand a bit. Maybe we might have a productive conversation. But yeah, so often it's like this weird this is dating me, but I'm on Facebook. So it's like, how many, how many different like feeds are there are of people just fighting back and forth and, and no one is ever convinced on a social media political exchange. So moving that from the online sphere to in-person when we can safely be back in person or even via Zoom. Is <laughs> For sure. Yeah. And in psychology, we learned that when you are like challenged on your beliefs, you're more likely to believe them. Like there's like a psychological aspect to it where like that defensiveness and that like argumentative sense of it does, it does you no favors. It makes people even harder to convince. Yeah, so, that makes sense. Yeah, mm. so it's complicated, but important to talk about. I'm glad we're having this conversation. Me too, it's fun. <laughs> yes. Yep. <laughs> um so one last question is um the last question is kind of weird, so I'm just gonna rephrase it differently. This is a question that we ask everybody. This is Michael's first podcast, but this is our final question for everyone we've interviewed. Awesome. It's a freshman question, right? Yes. What advice would you give your freshman self? I'm assuming high school freshman. Yes. Oh man. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Um, my, okay, so my advice to my freshman self is you don't have to get an A in every single class. It's okay. That would be my advice. I was the kind of student that if I got an A minus, I freaked out. So that would be my advice. Like, let's chill out a little bit and the grades are not as important as you think they are. That is good advice. I could probably take that advice too. <laughs> 
well, you know, Olive, it took me years to learn it. So <laughs> I'm yeah. right with you. Well, it's good to hear. It's good to hear that from a teacher too, you know? Yeah. Like, it's okay. You so know? what Miss Holloway is saying is that I could immediately fail all of my classes. Michael, I'm saying that to Olive. I am not saying that to you. I, I am definitely <laughs> not saying that to you. In fact, okay. the productivity level could go up for you as well as the desire to get an A. Like that, that really, that's what I would tell freshman Michael. <laughs> it's, you know, it's okay to try for an A. That's okay. It's a good thing. Freshman, freshman Michael had a 4.0. What happened? What happened after freshman year, Michael? I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> Scary. It's what it is. Goodness. Oh, no, Michael. Seriously, Michael, I do miss seeing you in <laughs> your class talking about whatever after after school and us trying to convince you to be a more productive citizen. I, I do miss that. I think I have become more productive over COVID. Ironically, I think I'm more involved now in a I lot would of things. Be. Yeah, you're like a different person. Quarantine's been good for you. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Maybe not so far as good, but yeah. okay. <laughs> oh goodness. Well, well, thank you so much for I hope to see you guys all in person later this year. Oh my gosh, me too, guys. This has been great. Thanks for having me on your podcast this is this is my first podcast as well so I feel quite honored this is fun I am glad you feel honored we're excited to have you Good but A huge thank you to Miss Holloway for all of her insightful advice and information we will see you guys after the break with our next Wildcat Wednesday <laughs>